0: Hi, we're Kander Beach, and we're here to talk to you about globalization today. Silish, pros of globalization, what are they?
1: So globalization brings access to goods and services all over mm-hmm. the world. Uh, it helps in spread of technology and innovation, like, you know, how U.S. actually sent um, its uh, tech uh, to build aircrafts, uh, you know, uh, jets. That is uh, transfer of technology to India. You know that is a part of a globalization. Second, uh, the, that's a, uh, another one is uh, cooperation between the nations. So going through all this process of uh, you know transfer of technology or innovation is it, it needs cooperation. Deployment. Oh, this
0: is how this is how uh, the British have chicken tikka as their national yeah, dish. Yeah. Or is that butter chicken? Chicken tikka.
1: I believe chicken tikka. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and how we have access to French phones.
1: <laughs> and um, I think one of the biggest problem with that is loss of jobs in the first world countries. Like, you know, like you can just outsource it, send it to China for cheap labor. Like, yeah,
0: that's, that's an interesting fact. I, I think there are a couple of other th- pieces, right? Um, there is the Cantillon effect that comes into play when it comes to globalization because wealth is primarily dispersed from the font and if it's distributing from from uh, the people who primarily get first access to it it does not necessarily see the required penetration to uplift society in general so there's increased inequality there's i would also say that there's increased environmental degradation in certain countries like when you have South America, when you have the likes of India, and you have massive deforestation in certain areas, mm. for mineral mining, for wood, um, I say deforestation in South America because that's a recent that's a recent phenomenon that people are trying to tackle. A couple of decades back, or a decade and a half back, there there used to be instances where nuclear waste was sent to developing countries to dispose of. To clean and dispose and yeah. what have you. Recycle. So, yeah, increased inequality, environmental degradation, loss of jobs. I think those are your primary issues. And that leads to deglobalization. So we've seen instances of deglobalization. We've seen because there's increased inequality, governments have to step in. They have to protect your, their their domestic interests to make sure that businesses here can also survive and maybe thrive. So you have protectionism in certain environments. Um, with the COVID, with the COVID supply chain breakdown, we saw that nations require a certain degree of self sufficiency. You know, like mm-hmm. I need to meet the base requirement, like when I say base, I'm thinking about the Maslow's need hierarchy, like I need to be able to provide my people with food security and the industries with what they require, the bare minimum they require to grow, which just happened to be a se- semiconductor chips all mm. of last year and a couple of years, yeah, I mean, the during the COVID shortage. thing. Yeah. yeah. And I need to be able to address this inequality somehow, like I need to ensure that the concentration of wealth isn't held with the fund primarily, but all around, like it's spread.
1: So I think the, um, COVID um, expedited deglobalization. You know, it uh, it actually caused the fault lines to be exposed. So if you look at it, you know, there are countries which are which control the uh, the finance of the world and mm-hmm. the countries which control the the commodity sector of the world you know or i would say the energy and the food so it it brought out the 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 fight between both these um, you know the, the beasts you know so one is the the financial sector countries and one is the commodity sector countries so it also caused um, the rise of civilization states so civilization state i would say is like basically a country which is fully self-sustaining by itself, but and with with the least amount of imports. So you know. And, can you give me an example? Uh, you can take Russia as a civilization state. So Russia, when the war highlighted
0: started, by the war, yeah, yeah, when
1: the war started, everybody thought Russia uh, Russia got sanctioned and everybody thought Russia going to collapse, which did not happen. You know, Russian Russian um, uh, currency actually strengthened post the war. So it actually became stronger than pre-war. So there there are instances like that. So the the rise of civilization states and it, this also led to the major fight between, you know, the the, the countries which are you know controlling the Swift the network.
0: Finances versus yeah. yeah.
1: So like the the all the countries took note Took note to see that yo, um, the, why did they they this out of the the SWIFT network? And yeah, now was-
0: if Russia is kicked out, then every country is vulnerable. Like if you cross the the countries that control mm-hmm. the SWIFT network, they exactly. can just they can just kill your value in seconds.
1: Exactly.
0: So, so, so that's a reasonable. I don't want to say reasonable reason, but that's a reasonable reason for to to take a step back from globalization. But what are countries doing to uh, tackle this?
1: So one of the major things which is um, coming up, um, I think in August, uh, there is a new currency which is going to be launched. Um, I don't know if
0: it's going to be launched. They're talking about they're discussing they're talking it.
1: about it. Um, and uh, the BRICS currency, which yeah. is going to be back to the gold um you know they're they're talking about launching it and uh, there are about 41 countries which are which applied for the membership of BRICS. Mm-hmm. so so if that happens it's going to challenge the supremacy of a dollar
0: all right but uh, I, I from what i read india wasn't overly thrilled about this
1: yeah, India wants to you know uh, basically strengthen its own currency, and India has a deep-rooted um, you know uh, diplomatic uh, stance with uh, the Western nations. So it's not in the greatest interest of India because uh, you know if BRICS currency do launch, mm-hmm. it's going to be China-centric.
0: Right, and that I think is a major play that. The world needs to stand up and pay attention to that. yeah Building up another euro block, <laughs> or something that's akin to another euro block is going to be susceptible to some of the same issues. It is going to have a hegemony of certain countries. yeah, it, within the within the group, you are going to have potential collapses if you have if you invite or bring in, New members that aren't as economically stable as the rest of the group, but that yeah. also brings in the question of pegging. You said that we were t- we were talking about bringing back the gold standard. Yes. Versus the existing peg, which is s- which is based on like a credit system.
1: Yeah, um, the existing system is not has no value. Like uh, in a, in a matter of it has
0: no value. Clearly, <laughs> clearly we've been operating um, it, for a. Few decades American
1: dollar can be increased at a blink of an eye. They they What do you mean by that? Um, the entire American uh, dollar uh, circulation, thirty percent of it was printed in the last four years. So wow. with there is no standard to it. It can they can if they really want to increase it, they can increase the circulation.
0: So here's a question. So 30% increase over the last four years. But did that affect the value of the dollar? Like I've increased supply.
1: Yeah. It, it, you see all the Western countries, including uh, not just Western countries, everything, the inflation went through the roof. America saw 10% inflation, highest in 40 years. Uh, Europe, um, I think it was 8.9 or 9% inflation highest in 35 years, you know, inflation went through the roof that that led to the Fed coming in, trying to raise the interest rates. Right. Which so, speaks
0: to the inequality that we were talking about. Right. Like it affects exactly. some more than others.
1: It 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 really it strengthens the, whenever they raise the, the interest rates, it strengthens the dollar more. And, you know, all the currencies which are, you know, which, you know, the, around the world, they lose the value. So we went from, I remember we were at 72 rupees per $1. We went to 82 rupees to a dollar.
0: Back when we studied in the U.S., you and I, I think we'd gone in 2009, right? I was
1: in 2010. Yeah, you were in 2009.
0: Yes. That was, what, 50 rupees
1: to a dollar? No, no, it was 45, I believe.
0: 45? Yeah. And now what? It's... 2023, so that's 14 years. So Mm -hmm. nearly a decade and a half later, we are sitting at twice the price.
1: Yeah.
0: Is that inflation or is that the U.S. running away with value? Like, are we not creating sufficient value? At pace, I mean?
1: I mean, it is inflation and U.S. is also racking up debt. It's at $31 trillion. And they had to literally raise their debt limit recently
0: to, you
1: know, to cater to all the needs.
0: Understood. So w- does it make sense to de-dollarize then? Like if we are de-dollarizing, how are we going to go about it?
1: Once you have a challenger to the U.S. dollar, right? So it's going to bring in, um, you know, there's some rationality. So people going to start thinking, do we want to increase, you know, our debt at a fraction of a second, or do we want to think and all these excess government spending should be, you know, like cut back, like, you know, like excessive spending, like the, you know, you remember?
0: No, circling back to de-dollarization specifically, though, like how are we going about with de-dollarization?
1: You said challenger. Yeah, so the BRICS currency, the BRICS Currency is going to cause de-dollarization. So that will, if if, if
0: it's launched, if, if it's, it's launched yeah. and if it's yeah.
1: successful, if it's successful in, in you know dethroning the dollar, so it's going to cause a lot of pain for the Americans because it's the the, the you know standard of living is going to fall because it, uh, American dollar is going to see hyperinflation
0: fascinating. And why haven't we seen that with cryptocurrency? Like if I'm pegging uh, the BRICS currency to gold, Mm -hmm. wouldn't that be akin to pegging it to anything that is of uh, limited quantities like the Bitcoin?
1: Sure. Um, That is one of the major concepts. But, you know, there is an issue with a lot of countries not really liking the cryptocurrencies so that's why they all but they pre in the in the past they did the gold right so they are comfortable with doing gold than the cryptocurrency
0: i would also argue that there has been this whole like every country has some amount of gold mm. and and you can control the rate of mining of gold bitcoin for the most part is like you have mined it countries like el salvador have accumulated a tremendous amount of Bitcoin, and mm. they would they would end up being value allocators. Like they would uh, yeah they they would end up being allocators of resources, pardon me, while not having enough value to provide like versus other countries. I'm not saying El Salvador doesn't have any value. I'm saying that uh, versus countries like China versus countries like India or Russia or Brazil, for that matter. Mm-hmm. El Salvador does not con- contribute as much to the global e- economy. And so yeah. when they have a resource in plenty, but like, I, I wouldn't have any reason to go and say, yeah, I, I acknowledge you. Yeah, yeah, I would want for you to uh, be a part of this conversation. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, El Salvador started uh, with the crypto thing, right? So the, they, they made They're the,
0: one of the more notable countries. with the Yeah, crypto they thing.
1: made Bitcoin with their standard currency. I mean, those are outliers, but, you know, majority of the countries are not comfortable with that. They they rather launch their own CBDCs.
0: What do you think about, and this is a crazy thought, but what do you think about the metaverse coming in and uh, challenging globalization? Like at this point in time, we are talking mm-hmm. about like the advantages that you had cited. You had talked about, uh, let me see if I remember, you had talked about access to goods and services. You had talked about technology and innovation the spread of technology and innovation and you had talked about cultures mm. now if i create a virtual world like the metaverse the concept of the metaverse e- exactly wouldn't that make wouldn't that accelerate these benefits
1: sure but uh, i think it's a fad you know every you know there was a hype and it fell off you know like it's like nft hype you know you remember when the nft hype was there um, Justin Bieber, your boy yeah, yeah. ape, boy won for like 1.3 million, some fifty thousand dollars right now.
0: Are you serious?
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's almost wow. <laughs> <He> <laughs> <lost>. <laughs> I can't even say anything about that. So poor guy.
0: Yeah, we we don't have a million dollars to spend on something like <laughs> that. So <laughs> it's hard yeah. for us to fathom. But yeah, that's that's. You think it's a fad, but. Yeah what would be the 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 impediment to accumulating critical mass like why do you think it's a fad
1: so the the metaverse you know a lot of people are not going to be you know like so integrated with the virtual you know environment completely right away it's going to take a lot more time for it to integrate
0: so that's not a fad then right like that's just In the innovators' curve, Rogers diffusion curve of innovation, you are just at the innovation level.
1: I'm saying it's a fad right now. The hype went down, but maybe eventually in the future, you know, the hype might go up about it because just it's like uh, the Bitcoin. Eventually, originally the Bitcoin, nobody wanted. You know, there was a guy who bought ten thousand. You know, uh, a pizza for like ten thousand points, right? So. And eventually, it became twenty thousand dollars. And now, you know, um, it was at I, I, you know, it went to three thousand, then twenty thousand. So there, there is.
0: And standard chart predicts a hundred and twenty thousand yeah, dollars. for Yeah. So
1: it's it all boils down to I think energy, energy sector. Like one of the major things I was reading the other day was the uh, the the One World One Grid Initiative. You know, the One Sun One World One Grid Initiative by India, you know, so basically connecting all the, um, you know, um, the grids of all the countries and whichever, you know, and bring renewable sources of energy to this grid.
0: So solar energy primarily?
1: Solar and wind and yeah, solar. So let's say if you have one of the countries in the east um, getting all the sunlight at first, the west, the, the countries in the west, will still, even though at nighttime for them, they can be, uh, you know, supplied with energy. And the same is going to happen when the West has enough light and there's not enough light in, you know, in the eastern countries.
0: And also there are arguments that uh, the incidence of light, the the angle at which you receive light, it's going Mm. to be a little more direct around the tropical belt. Yeah. And so...
1: Temperate yeah, yeah. and tropical, um, you
0: know. So you are going to have regions with inequality of production, but this this grid ensures that everybody, the wealth is distributed, basically.
1: Yeah. So so I think this is one of the evolutions of globalization. Um, you know, even though you know the world is you know uh, going towards the civilization part, I think they're they're trying to make the world. Um, energy, se- the energy securities of all the countries, in in a you know in a better way, like securitizing all the countries' energy. So which which is actually a very good um, initiative. Like I was reading about it, uh, the Prime Minister Narendra Modi was actually started this, you know, and I believe the first country which is actually starting to do it is Saudi Arabia. They're connecting the grid with India.
0: Interesting. And I will also say this, that it is not the simplest of, I mean, it's not the simplest of ideas. It isn't just like you put up a solar panel in a desert and you're done. Yeah. Like otherwise the Sahara would could be covered with that. There are uh, considerations towards not harming the ecosystem. Mm. There are considerations of maintenance. There yeah. are considerations of energy transfer from point A to point B because it's not going to be efficient. Otherwise we'd have Hi, like hydrogen energy would have already been prolific at this point in time if transportation of energy was simple
1: yeah like you remember the um, well, Elon Musk had the idea fill fill up Utah with all the solar panels and uh, supply the entire country with uh, the power generated from those solar panels
0: no I hadn't read about that
1: but yeah. I was
0: reading about another interesting piece of uh, technology uh, wherein you launch satellites mm-hmm. that, redirect the solar energy that they've captured and wirelessly transmit it to specific areas around the world. Mm. I don't know. Again, like, operationally, it might be very inefficient. It might be very hard. But I think eventually, with time, as technology gets better.
1: That was actually Tesla's idea. Uh, one, you know, transmitting of electricity without uh, conducting cables.
0: That'd be amazing. So Here's to that future. Like, I don't have to sit, get, buying... I don't have to sit spending electricity at all. I don't want to have my iPhone sitting and charging on a charging mat. I like it to charge whenever, wherever. Just never yeah. lose battery.
1: So on the final thoughts, how, how is deglobalization going to affect education, mental health and work-life balance of people? You know, like how much of is going to affect these these minor sectors?
0: I think deglobalization globalization at this point in time has <sighs> strengthened some of these issues. it's, yeah. it's uh, because because I've been competing so much more with my neighbors, with countries where the labor is cheaper, I've had to put in m- much more work as an example. Mm-hmm. much uh, much more hours uh, at lower rates and that has hurt mental health that is yeah. something that can be that deglobalization or in general like i don't think we need something as extreme as deglobalization but more of a more of an understanding that this is I mean, what needs to be brought do you,
1: do you think, in what about the, the work life balance with the deglobalization part like how much of this is going to affect uh, you know, IT uh, sector employees, like, will this increase their workload or will they increase and decrease their workload? What do you think? It's, it's, uh, you're in that sector too.
0: I don't think deglobalization will have any effect on it. Like, if I know that you're going to work for nine hours, 10 hours, 11 hours, you as a culture are hardworking, so to yeah. say, like with Japan. Or with India, or the East, East more than the West. Mm-hmm. America is also known for this, right? Yeah. Then I'm going to make you work as much as is expected. I wouldn't care about globalization or deglobalization.
1: So yeah. So work-life balance really doesn't affect, uh, get affected by deglobalization or globalization.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: All right. So any closing thoughts?
0: Um. I would say that globalization's been around for multiple centuries. I think the Silk Trade Route was is an example started in the B.C.E.s, yeah. if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. It's existed for two millennia. It is unlikely to unwind overnight. It yeah. is unlikely to unwind, if at all, because the advantages are quite strong. Deglobalization, like you had said. Uh, to use the example that you had spoken of, there will be civilization states. I will want a certain degree of independence fueled from within. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I am still going to partner. I am still going to trade. I am still going to exchange culture uh, cultural views across borders.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 an evolution of uh, globalization. It's not going to be completely deglobalized. But, you know, it's, you know, uh, the countries are going to look for self-sustenance. Yeah.
0: All right, then. On that note, thank you very much for joining us on this pod. We'll see you on the next one.
1: Thank you, everybody.